0: Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, do you in the wavy pencil pants again? Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with two people that I'm very excited to have on the show, Reese Thomas and Alex Buono, and you guys are from the SNL film unit and Documentary Now, and I tweeted earlier a call for questions, and I'm wondering if I described your roles correctly. Reese, you are director, producer of Documentary Now, right?
1: Oh, on Documentary Now, yeah, I'm a, uh, a creator uh, and director uh, and the executive producer. This t- it's silly. that, Yeah, creator and director. That's okay. Yeah. And then,
0: Alex, you're director of photography, but did you also direct, do some... You, d- you do other stuff as well, right? You also direct and produce? Yeah,
2: we are uh, co-directors. Okay. I'm the director of
0: photography. Gotcha. And no directing f- of photography for you, Reese. although that's technically what you do?
1: Uh, a backseat director. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, it's all Alex.
0: And then on SNL Film Unit.
1: Uh, I'm a so I'm the director uh and producer uh, of the film unit and,
2: and I am the director of photography.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's super exciting to have you guys here. Um for the listeners who are like SNL Film Unit, Saturday Night Live, what is that? Explain that.
1: It's uh it's the the pre tape stuff for the show. So the non live uh elements we make short films and movie trailers and uh commercial parodies, I guess, uh music videos title sequence oh yeah and the opening title sequence yeah Yeah,
0: like all the stuff that's not live exactly um it's the stuff you guys do is amazing i was watching some of them today and um you know that i'd already seen in preparation for this and i was like there's there's never a miss you guys are just always i disagree (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) i mean are there ones that we haven't seen that Uh, just got scrapped
1: oh yeah plenty yeah uh no it's we've we work really hard at it and uh and uh, you know are proud of what we pull off every week but um we miss sometimes they, they don't make it america doesn't get to see it
0: i mean i think people who are fans of the show are familiar with um or have heard stories about the way stuff gets cut right before it can be in dress rehearsal and then lauren will cut it how how does that work in regards to the filmed stuff that happens as well.
1: Yeah, same way. We we might work. We might, uh, you know, have been up shooting, you know, seventy two hours straight. Uh, our eyes are bleeding, and uh, you you know you it runs at dress. And if people don't laugh, uh, then that's that's it. Uh, it, it. You know, the good thing with the film stuff is that sometimes if it doesn't work for that particular show, we might revisit it uh, next week. We might recut it. Um, that you you know there are do overs with it. But uh,
0: is there an example of one that, that happened with? that you redid
1: oh yeah uh there was uh there's there's one we did called i think it ended up being called heads up or something but it started its life as um alerts and oh yeah we we it i think it ran like every dress rehearsal for a whole season almost (laughs) it felt like and we would keep recutting it and i think the the entire concept of the piece had had sort of changed through editing by the time it actually ran um yeah every year i feel like there's one that does that to you Mm -hmm. uh
2: but um there's always also there's a there's a couple that might get cut from the show but then they'll get posted online oh yeah the internet's been friendly yeah Yeah. yeah. but it's this it's you know there's the show produces two hours of material uh for a dress rehearsal and then they cut half an hour Mm -hmm. and so it's just whatever's the least funny half an hour um sometimes that's us Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) is that heartbreaking or do you just kind of by that point you're probably so tired it's nothing it can be
1: sometimes you know sometimes you might not disagree you might not agree with the audience uh (laughs) um or you know there's a myriad of reasons why it doesn't run sometimes it might not be that it's not funny it might not work with the tone of the overall show um and you know there's i think there's always an element of disappointment when you've worked really hard for for, you know ram the clock and i sometimes feel more upset on behalf of the crew that we left behind at 6 a.m. that morning um who you know were, were exhausted on their feet and mm-hmm. they're all at home uh
2: they're probably not at home waiting to see it they're probably all asleep but uh <laughs> but uh, i was but always, the, you know the next then you'll work with them a week later and if there if there was a hit if it was a big everyone does have a real sense of oh wow was great and then if, if it didn't run at all there's a little bit of uh, a. Do we even mention it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll just pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah.
0: What are some of the ones where everyone was was ecstatic afterwards? I mean, I would imagine Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders, which for listeners who don't know, that's the um, Wes Anderson parody mm-hmm. that was so well done. Yeah, that was a big one.
1: Yeah, that was fun. That that was a good. You know, there's there's some as well like that where, as you're shooting it, you know that it's a good one, and um and you know everybody's really working hard to to make it work but that was a that's definitely feels like a a big one for us
2: the uh the agency one mm-hmm. that was a big one um the uh, I thought that the Hobbit office one was a pretty big hit yeah
1: you know yeah um yeah we've i don't know there's been a like, we had a good year last year yeah there's quite a few
2: yeah
0: I was reading um your blog Alex which people who are fans of um camera work and filming and behind the scenes stuff, which I didn't even know that I was that into it, but now I know what lens whacking is and I want to use that term all the time. I know what a pixel Good stick term. is. Yeah. Now I'm going to become a, is there a term for someone who's like a camera lens groupie? I think that's it. I'm going to become a camera lens groupie. That's what it is. Um, But it was fascinating reading a lot of your sort of uh, um, accounts of how the different things came together and it just, what struck me a lot of things struck me one of them was it just seems like the filming of each little film is like a crazy chinese fire drill and the actors are being called back to the set and you don't have you don't have anyone for as long as you need and everything's being done i mean not everything but often it's the middle of the night um what's that experience like and well yeah I, I two-part question first mm-hmm. part what's that experience like
2: it is a bit of a Chinese fire drill in that I think anybody who's familiar with any kind of production, there's an assumption going in that, okay, well, we're going to do, you know, it'll it'll be a 12-hour day or whatever it is. And, you know, there's a basic presumption that, well, you'll have actors, right? I mean, the actors <laughs> will physically be there. And for us, that's really one of the harder challenges is that, well, no, you actually can't have the actors the whole, the whole day, yeah you know, because, you know, we're shooting on a Friday and there's also... 12 other sketches to rehearse that day. And there's other film things being shot. And so it's always this jigsaw puzzle of, well, when can you have Taryn? When can you have 80? And they're supposed to be in the same scene together. Well, you can have Terran at 10 AM and you can have 80 at, you know, Mm -hmm. midnight. Yeah. It's just a, it's a, it's a puzzle.
0: In terms of scheduling, do you take a backseat to the sketches that are live?
1: Uh, No, I mean, it's, it depends if if there's a film piece that that we know is strong uh, you know there's definitely an energy to try and give us what we need um, and that's always the energy ultimately is like you know we'll sort of figure it out that way and, and and we do get a lot of leeway from the show but at the same time you can't avoid the fact that there's a live show the next day so uh you kind of just have to em- embrace it but um the, no the, the live show very good about trying to accommodate but this, it, the reality is it's just too much uh, in too little time because wednesday night is essentially when everything goes down you know mm-hmm. that's where everyone runs off in different directions to put the show together so uh you know it, there's only so many hours between then and, and saturday so you know and, and the, the i think the difficulty for us sometimes uh, but also the fun of it is that there's no there's no excuses you know we can't turn around and say well you didn't give me 80 for long enough you know like it's got to be on the air the next day so Mm -hmm. no matter what happens you've you have to get it uh which is a a weird energy to deal with but you know
0: yeah do you ever because i know that when i'm up against the tight deadline more in the past when it would be like some i'm pulling an all-nighter to Mm -hmm. get this paper in or this article or whatever and i would have that feeling of like i don't even the part of me knows it's going to happen. I don't feel like it's going to happen. Like, I feel like this is not going to come together. Do you have that feeling?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, I've had that feeling, but I've been through it enough times that I know that uh, it'll work out somehow. There's some subconscious level, I think, that st- that, that's what holds total panic at bay. <laughs> um, but uh, there's definitely moments where, you know, where a, a lo- we can't get that right at lo- You know, like Thursday morning, we're out and that right location is just not presenting itself when we're driving all over the city trying to figure out whether how we're going to shoot it and that's that's it's actually in prep i think that terror usually is it happens on a a thursday is just finding trying to get all those pieces together so quickly and we we have an amazing uh team that work with us and, and work really hard to get pull that stuff together but um again it's that limitation of time and circumstance that uh sometimes stands in our way and that's that's usually where i feel my panic once by Thursday night, if if it's not together, then it's never going to be together, and and that's the goal. I
2: think always is to make sure that we've got something to go out on Friday with. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. definitely feel quite often the panic of when you when you read the script for the first time, and they just feel like they're becoming increasingly ambitious, <laughs> which I take as a you know as a compliment mm-hmm. that the writers feel like we can pull it off. But uh, the, this season, actually, the season opener you're reading through this script and I thought it was a joke. I literally, it was like post-apocalyptic, you know, cars overturned and (laughs) it's like a zombie movie. And, um, you know, the two stars, you know, wake up in a hospital and they've come to find out that, you know, um, the entire world has joined Taylor Swift's squad and all social (laughs) services have dropped out in. And, uh, the way it reads, it's like, what do you guys think this is? We can't do that in a day. And, uh, I feel like I'm always saying, right, but this is where we have to draw the line. We can't do this, right? And uh, then we did it. And it That's what's well. funny
1: is I, I think and maybe it's because cause usually I'm the one calling Alex on Wednesday going, so this is what we got. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it was, it's funny to hear you say that, you know, that you feel like we hit that limit because it's just uh, being, I'm, I'm usually the one that's in the room on a Wednesday when it's like you're handed the script or the phone call comes in like, okay, so you're going to do this one. Uh, and it's... I just – it doesn't even enter my mind that I can say no. It's sort of this, okay, all right, uh, I'll come back to you in a minute, and, and then we go and figure it out somehow. But.
0: And then, Alex, do you feel like it's your responsibility to bring a more pragmatic I feel take like to it?
2: I, there's there's two things. One is that no is not ever an answer. You can't ever – no one's ever going to say, well, who's going to tell Lauren Michaels that we can't do it? <laughs> no one's ever going to say that. Um and uh so there's that that but then i think you know i i definitely feel like part of my job is to be pragmatic and okay well we need this many crew members and we need this much equipment and this is how we'll actually accomplish it and yeah there's a part of my brain that's just going how the hell hell are we gonna and reese does a very good job of like you know being irresponsible being totally irresponsible (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Uh,
0: go ahead how did you guys meet each other
1: online <laughs> uh no i uh i started out as a i i came to the, it was my first full-time job out of uh university it was uh, uh in the film unit and uh alex had already been dping decades for, yeah for decades before yeah. that i'm much older yeah um for those of you who don't know alex he's got long white hair
0: <laughs> he came in carrying a walking <laughs> stick and yeah. he's hunched over yeah
1: so classic if you tune into the the uh The technical uh, uh, awards. It it (laughs) it looks like one of them.
0: (laughs) Um, It's funny. You actually, and this is a compliment to both of you, you look about the same age.
1: Oh, that's not a compliment. That's a compliment to me, though. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Suck it, Reese.
0: (laughs) Reese, you are young and you look young, and Alex, you look young. Uh, I look younger, right? Younger. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, No, yeah, Alex had been there for a while before me.
2: A little while, not not that long. I I, I think I started there in '99, and you came in and it was
1: 2004.
2: Yeah, that was not that long. Um, so yeah, I was still in school when Alex was working.
1: Uh yeah, I think <laughs> you were in high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, no, and then but I started out as a PA. I was just a production assistant, and um, I was never a
2: PA. I actually came in as, as, a, a, DP. as a DP. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, yeah. So I worked my way up. Alex, I had already you had worked
0: it handed. My, it, way, I mean, handed to Yeah, he was handed. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get the DP job?
2: I had uh shot a, a like a low budget feature film this summer of 99 in North Carolina and it was uh this little tiny film that was never even finished but you know the SNL has the summers off and uh often the producers and the cast everybody goes off and they'll make a movie or something and this particular summer, the producer of the film unit was producing this movie. So we met and had a good time working together. And she invited me to come back and try working in the film unit. And it was exciting and terrifying. Cause you know, I was literally, I was like 24, 25 years old and not really experienced enough mm-hmm. to be making anything on television and came in and worked with, you know, this, uh, the director at the time was one of the guys that, I mean, practically came in with Lauren Michaels back in the seventies and, and it was terrifying, and uh, then, and I feel like I, even looking back on that spot, I mean, it's—I did not do a good job. I did not do a good job for years. <laughs> I did a horrible job for years. Um, was that
0: the feedback you got, or that's just what you think of it? I think
2: that's what I think of it. I think that, um, but at the time, and I think this—I think this is just, you know, in any, I suppose, in any kind of creative relationship. I mean, I, I feel like I just had the kind of the right attitude for the show. Which was well, we're gonna get it done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna to be too precious about it, you know. It'll be done, it'll be done on time and and uh I'll try to be pleasant while we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that it's it's a that's a tough it's any any of those uh creative roles in that environment, you're either gonna be cool with what's happening or you're gonna be that person who's saying, Well, hold on a second, my name's on this thing and I'm not ready to shoot and that just doesn't work, it doesn't know.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how it didn't occur to me. I mean, it occurred to me, but I don't think I realized um, as sort of... It wasn't in as, like, sharp relief as it is right now. Just how much at SNL, the name of the game is racing against the clock, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah.
0: Um, I was reading an interview with both... I think it was with both of you, but Mm -hmm. I forget who it was. I think it was you, Alex, that said that you were reminded that Lauren said the show doesn't start when it's ready. It starts when it's at 1130. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering how do you guys, do you have perfectionist tendencies and how do you, uh, overcome that? How do you I mean,
2: overcome it? Reese? <laughs> have you overcome it?
1: No, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Anyone will tell you that I'm never satisfied. Uh, it, it, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not one prone to enthusiasm. Uh, and don't enjoy compliments (laughs) so uh you know there's always a. I walk away from everyone just with that big frustration that we didn't do this or that or this didn't happen or uh whatever it is and but you know at the same time that's what makes it fun because the next time you tell yourself you're gonna figure that one out and and not let you know so it's He's really the
2: Oscar Schindler of uh, you know, these pre-tapes. Like, he could have always saved one more. I mean, <laughs> never enough.
0: Well, then, if you're never totally satisfied, does that trickle down and make other people feel less great about Yeah, they feel terrible.
1: <laughs> we have a high turnover. Uh,
2: no, I, I'm not. I don't.
1: I I'm don't I'm not storm around the office throwing things at the walls. Um, I
2: dare you to try, attempt to give him a high five. He would not know what to do. <laughs> and- yeah
1: no everyone works the thing we all work really hard and we know that the limits of of what we can do and so we know when we've exceeded that like i think that's our goal every week is to is to deliver something that that goes beyond what you'd expect to 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 come out of those 24 hours or whatever it is and that's i always try to find something in what we're shooting that that will that will show that um and you know i think that's the biggest thing and, I, and we all do feel you know, again, pr- I think proud of ourselves when when something actually comes off in a good way.
0: And what about you, perfectionism?
2: I I guess I mean I feel like I'm a perfectionist, and yet I feel like maybe I'm more of a pragmatist. I definitely, in our relationship, I mean Reese is the per- is the perfectionist mm-hmm. for sure, and I'm I'm definitely someone who's driven by Reese's perfectionism in a very positive way, but I'm also trying to push back and, and make sure that, you know, we get it done. Not that he's not trying to, but um, I think it probably pains me less than it pains him when it's not, you know, the as perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I, I honestly do think that, because, uh, you know, I do other things besides, we both obviously do a lot of other things besides SNL. And there's a place in my brain that has just agreed that SNL is not the place for perfection in a, in a good way. It's a place for improvisation. It's a place for of the moment, and there's a lot of energy to it. And in other things that I do, and Documentary Now is a good example of it, where I have a much higher um, degree of perfectionism that I hold myself to. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, well, that is the perfect segue, because I wanted to then go into Documentary Now, where you – Documentary Now, IFC – series, um, a parody of a documentary series with Bill Hader and Fred Armisen and Helen Mirren mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a lot of other uh, recognizable people, too. So well done. But so that there's a project where you aren't racing against the clock, right?
2: It's totally different in that we have a lot more time to shoot these things. Now, they're still shot pretty quickly compared to other television shows, I suppose, um, that you know, the Sandy Passage, the sort of Grey Gardens episode. I and mean, we shot that in three days, um, which, you know, I mean, some television shows would shoot for yeah. double that or triple that. Mm-hmm. So it's a fast pace, but uh, it certainly felt like a lifetime compared yeah. to SNL.
1: Just having some time. Again, we have time to actually to find the right locations. And that that's even just that prep time. I mean, we can shoot pretty quickly, but being able to actually – make those three days a focused three days that we that we have everything in place, it makes a big difference compared to sometimes with SNL where things are still falling into place as you're shooting. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a much better environment for, for
2: that. Yeah, and- having the time in prep and then having the time in, no, way more time in post-production. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, at SNL, I mean, Reese and our editor, Adam, they have, you know, what feels like Saturday afternoon to yeah. figure it out. And at Documentary Now, we'll have, you know, literally weeks mm-hmm. in post which that's that's the part that i think makes the most difference
0: mm. i've had the so the uh the finale i guess of documentary now was a like behind the music kind of catching mm-hmm. up with the blue jeans committee band and mm-hmm. i've had their shitty but not that shitty song stuck in my head ever <laughs> since <laughs> hey,
1: which one the uh- Catalina breeze or gentle mm-hmm. and soft
0: which is the one about like strapping up shoes
1: oh walking shoes oh, walking yeah shoes. walking yeah. shoes
0: <laughs> see there's a lot of classics yeah yeah, yeah. surprise i mean i know that it's kind of making fun of that kind of music but surprisingly not so terrible
1: no it's a good album <laughs> it, it is we uh we actually pressed a vinyl oh you did al- album for, uh and it's uh surprisingly listenable <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: um so how did uh how how did the process work for the episodes of documentary now
1: um it was funny because it was a show conceptually uh, that had a sort of loose framework that it, we basically we made a short at, at Saturday Night Live uh, with Bill and Fred that Seth wrote uh, called The History of Punk, uh, which was a, about this uh, fake punk band uh, Ian Rubbish and the Bizarras. <laughs> they were sort of you know the UK's only Thatcherite punk band, and <laughs> and it was a it was very much a template for what this show would become in in terms of uh, the fact that we went to great lengths to create archival footage of concerts and t- television interviews and, um, and you know, sort of talking heads in the present. Uh, and so that was the sort of the, the seed of the show. And, but it, in development, you know, I think we, we had sort of two separate week long writers retreat sort of meeting where we all kind of just sat around and we're spending most of the time discussing like, what is this show? Like what do we, you know? And, and, uh, it's funny to sit on the other side of it now to see what it became um because it is exactly i think what we all wanted but uh at the time it was like is anyone gonna let us you know shoot a whole episode in black and white or <laughs> or you know in another language with subtitles and because there was all these ambitions and uh uh so yeah it was a it was a slow road of of kind of figuring it out and um and you know piecing together which films we were going to do and uh but uh yeah, I don't, I don't know. It all started with a script, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Uh, and, and you know, we've, we've got uh, a small team of writers that are, are amazing, and um, and it started with them.
0: And were you chosen by um, Seth and Fred and Bill to do it, or is it be, through your relationships on SNL, is it automatic that you guys would be working on it, or how did that go?
1: No, they... Uh, I, I, it was, I was just i can't remember what it was but fred fred essentially told me came up uh I, I was having a table read actually for a movie that i i did and uh fred was involved and he just came up afterwards and said oh by the way we had a meeting with ifc and um we showed them the history of the punk thing and we think we want, might want to do this show and we'd love you to do it um and it was as easy as that and uh and you know and from there on it it sort of grew um but yeah i was i was on board i think pretty right, maybe a few days after that meeting
0: and do you each have a favorite episode
2: I, you know, I I do really love them all. It's it's a unique experience because most of the things that I've done, and and you know, even at SNL, and mm-hmm. certainly the movies and things I've done, I always have a real, eh, you know, <laughs> we tried, <laughs> and this is, I I think this is the thing I've done that is the most. Like, man, I really, really love what we did, you know, and not in a, like, look at us way, but just in a, man, I can't believe we pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do really like them all. I, I Maybe I like um, the Canuck, the Hunter, the one the most. It could, I might like the, um, uh, the I Doesn't Lie one. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in between those two. Probably the, uh, probably the Nanook of the North sort of love letter.
0: Yeah. And what about you, Reese? I...
2: I'm proud
1: of those ones too. The they're sort of the more technical ones that I enjoy. But I actually really love the Al Capone episode um that we did just because I I feel like it's something I don't see on American television, um, tonally and I love the idea that we put a bunch of unknown Icelandic actors <laughs> in something and they and they spoke to each other in Icelandic and uh and that Fred was a very small role in it. Uh, uh-huh. That that to me was, and it's just such a, it's also such a sweet episode. There's no stakes. Everyone wins in the end. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I really love that one.
2: And the performances in that are so amazing. I mean, like the, you know, we found an all Icelandic cast and it just turns out that Iceland is just, I mean, for all that there's only like 300,000 Icelanders, there's a huge percentage of them are incredible actors. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Super amazing. They all understood. It was so funny because I was really anticipating that we'd have to go and really comb through uh you know the talent pool there and 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 then have these long you know meetings to explain what we were doing and they understood immediately i mean they walked on and they were improvising the funniest dialogue with each other and you know there'd be some times where you know they'd, it we'd just be sitting there watching these two icelandic people speaking icelandic for a while and the crew would chuckle every once in a while and well, there'd be a big laugh and we would have no idea what they were talking about <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was uh it was fun
0: Something that occurred to me as I was thinking about Documentary Now and I was watching, um, you know, the SNL things is that both of you must be very fluent in tropes and conventions um, of all the different uh, genre tropes and conventions and things like that. I was actually thinking about, um, you know, Michael Showalter from Wet Hot American Summer. Mm-hmm. And I, like You guys do very different things, but it's that similar ability to... um invoke a whole world just from just a, a little camera movement or mm-hmm. a line or the way people interact um did you and reese you're not american no um i realized that from your accent <laughs> you,
2: are, you, are, you are american though admit it
1: I, i'm a citizen thank you yeah but Guess i became i be, i i was naturalized okay which is a, oh, it's a horrible process but you grew up in wales right yeah i grew up in wales. and when yeah. did
0: you grow, when did you come here
1: Uh, I came here after university. I grew up in Wales. I went to university in in Ireland and uh, then came uh, out to the States when Mm -hmm. I was like 24 or something.
0: Did you both watch a ton of TV and movies growing up?
2: I certainly did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was uh, like many people growing up in the 80s. I was that kid that was enamored with, you know, Star Wars and E.T. and Raiders and, you know, I'm of that generation for sure. And that's why I wanted to somehow do something in the film business mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think i mean it's funny i think just by virtue growing up in the age i think we were i think we we're the best audience generation there ever was <laughs> like, you know that it's so funny there's like not people who grew up that decade i, I feel like it's almost a, a given that uh, that you're a fan of film because there was just so much uh good stuff uh
0: did you up. watch a lot of american stuff growing up Reese?
1: oh yeah uh it was funny I always thought America was the coolest place and, uh, like and it wasn't this ambition of like I got to go to America and it, it, but in the UK America seems so um polished and and kind of uh not I wouldn't say glamorous like France or something but but, <laughs> but you know just it was so funny it's like all the cheesy things but like again like Reagan's America like Coca-Cola and and Disneyland and all that kind of stuff it was such a a a distant place and so different to the you know grayness of uh of, of where i grew up that uh you know people friends would go away you know the, the holiday to america was like the big family holiday that, mm-hmm. that maybe one family would do once in their childhood at some point I, we never did it but i had neighbors and they would come back and they'd always been to disneyland they'd always seen some film in the cinema that wasn't going to be in the uk for another like year and a half uh and it was just the coolest like i, I would just you know just you want to hear every detail about it sort a of really warped view of america um and but yeah american movies but i mean a lot of british television too like british comedy was definitely where my heart was and, mm-hmm. and uh on a television perspective that was very much um my thing but um but film american film has always been a big deal
0: and you said you went to university in ireland was mm-hmm. that film school
1: i was actually uh i studied theater um they they didn't really i I, I mean it had there was a film department and i studied film theory and film history and critical theory all that kind of stuff but uh i didn't have any practical experience with film uh at at university other than sort of shitty college films that you know we borrow equipment to do but
0: did you think that you wanted to go into theater
1: uh i I wanted to be an actor uh through my teens I did a lot of theater in Wales uh and some television and uh, Are you
0: a famous theater star in Wales? Child theater star?
1: I mean in terms of Welsh theater uh, <laughs> and the reach it has? Yeah. Probably not. Uh no, but I yeah, in the youth theater movement I was a big deal. Uh I was yeah, You young... like their Selena Gomez? I had some as my grandmother would say I had some very positive notices. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, yeah, no, I went there, and I, I was initially I was going to I was all about acting, and uh, but it was funny. My first week in university with a bunch of other people who wanted to be actors, I was like, I don't know if I like you guys. <laughs> I don't want to be identified as. Uh, as one of you so um
0: what were they like were they like what we're imagining that they were like just
1: very confident and competitive i'm not very competitive that's what i realized i was like oh shit i'm i'm not built for uh this acting like i (laughs) i don't i in wales it was such as it was like such a small pool that once once i'd made it into the theater well it was like fairly easy Mm -hmm. uh but um yeah dublin was a, a different thing uh, and I can pinpoint, I'm, I'm going to say this because who knows, maybe he listens, but uh, <laughs> there's this uh, uh, Branson from Downton Abbey, uh, Alan Leach was, mm-hmm. uh, I can, I can, st- I can point my finger at him as being the reason I don't want I didn't want to act. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he was in my class and, uh, and I, and this is a compliment to him, but he was, he was a very confident fella. And I was like, I'm not you. So he seems like,
0: like, he seems like he would be that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, very nice. Very nice chap, but yeah i was i realized i'm not not built to do that uh so and i you know and so i I drifted into making weird video art and uh um and became a social recluse Uh, (laughs) are you no uh no but i yeah i got into really artsy wanky stuff that you do at that age um and and then i was all about this weird conceptual art for a while uh but i made it out and then (laughs) found my way to snl
0: oh here's a fun question i just said about my own question Mm -hmm. um what was the like weirdest most abstruse arty student filmy kind of thing you ever did for both of you
1: you take this one just for now i'll i'll think of something
2: (laughs) well um uh somebody who went to film school with your husband yes (laughs) who would know this very well uh one of our friends christopher Quanicky oh, yeah. and I were partners in film school and and uh we made a lot of really weird films together. Uh well, one of them, uh which is probably one of the weirdest ones I've ever worked on, was called Sugar Suck. Have you ever <laughs> seen Sugar Suck? No. I don't know. No, if I haven't seen, it. seen any of, I have a copy of, of stuff it. from back then. It was great. It was so weird. Uh it was partially stop motion and it was about a uh it was a, re- a relationship story between a little boy and his mother. And his mother was so starved for his affection and all he was really interested in was sugar cereal. And so she would just (laughs) ply him with sugar cereal to try to, you know, kind of create a bond. And he ate so much sugar cereal that his, um, his blood kind of turned into sugar and he, you know, eventually like lost all of the hair on his body and his hair fell out. And then the last scene of him is like, he kind of transitions back into this fetal state and Mm -hmm. then crawls back up inside of his mother. Wow. (laughs) And uh and it was all very like, you know, cabineted Doctor Caligari. Was it like, all like practical effects? It was all practical effects, partially silvered mirror, like a balloon blowing up in the stomach. Wow. And it was really it was great. What about the hair? How do you deal with the hair? Hair we had a bald mask and uh-huh. we had like, you know, some kind of um doll hair that she was she was she puts him in a bathtub and she's washing him because he's starting to kind of panic and then his hair falls out and then he crawls out and he crawls up into her and
0: Wow And
2: wow. uh it was really, really and we had we had um created this it was somewhere in between tim burton and and like you know german expressionism mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it was all 16 millimeter and black and white and it was i mean it was just like a the most perfect like arty film school kind of expression
0: i uh, need to see this yeah, I'm it, was surprised yeah. Daniel it was great has never shown this yeah. to me I, there,
2: there's probably not that many copies out there but i do have a copy of it okay i'd co- party. how long was it uh that was maybe eight minutes long oh okay wow. i made a really that was chris's film he uh-huh. directed that i shot that and i did the sound on that or i think i you foley it no i think i edited it <laughs> oh. I, I i think i shot it <laughs> and edited it i made a. and this is a short story because i made then my film was just the shittiest like sort kind of a catholic um like um guilt movie uh-huh. about a priest who realizes he has a near-death experience and then realizes that there's nothing <laughs> that there is no light at the end of the tunnel. And then he wakes up and feels like, well, what now? And it was just like lots of really like shitty shots of like stained glass and crappy like, you know, like, um, kind of like, um, uh, chanting and it was, right. it was, it was terrible.
0: <laughs> what was that one called?
2: That was called absolution. Mm. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what about you? Do you have anything that could rival sugar suck or absolution?
1: I mean, probably not uh, to me not as technically interesting but uh i we i did all sorts of things i i was really big into um uh, performance and technology was this sort of whole area uh of uh of sort of theory and um you know all about liveness and and representation and so did a lot of stuff involving live theatre but combined with uh film and projections and all that kind of stuff. And Is it was, that
0: like installation yeah, it was type a, stuff?
1: No, it was a lot of it was actual theatre. You know, we would you know, we would do like a Jean Genet um you know, play or something but sort of reinterpret it. Uh but uh I you know then but then in those classes sometimes you would try something it was always about trying to find the most obnoxious confrontational thing you could do. So uh, I remember I did one where I basically followed around I I essentially followed around all the people in the class for a week on a long lens and just videoing them from a, like, you know, just total stalker, uh, just, you know, all around call. I would just pick a person and like, okay, I'm going to follow you for the next like hour and, and did they they know? No, no, no. They had no idea. And, and then I, and then as you're doing, you're like, I'm such an artist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then and then I cut it together into into sort of looping video as well like there wasn't even any third, just like just chuck. I and I, I cut it together on two VCRs it was just you know pause and play and uh and then yeah the whole performance was I I put the tape on and then I sat on the middle of the stage with my back to the audience at a table <laughs> <laughs> Oh no really Yeah and it was all about you know sort of you know like that relationship between performer and audience and all that kind of bullshit and I was really Uh, But then actually the people that followed me, I did that and then it was like a whole little run of them and the (laughs) the guy that followed me, uh, (laughs) he gets up and uh, goes to the same table I just left there, reaches into his bag, pulls out a cow's tongue, uh, like a full cow's tongue, puts it on this wooden block, takes out a nail and hammer, just starts hammering nails into it and people in the audience are getting really like pissed off about it and he puts the last nail and he goes and I don't even know if I can say this but I'm sure you can believe it yeah no you can oh fuck you you cunts (laughs) and then just walked (laughs) and just walked off the stage Uh, so it was that type of class I did a lot there was a lot of that stuff going on and it was so meaningless because it was just about how angry can you make people
2: (laughs) so your back's to the audience yeah there's two screens
1: yeah there's two screens and they're just watching themselves being spied on and and you're totally naked (laughs) yes god Uh, what was the name of fetus I I didn't even have a name for it (laughs) Oh, there's no name they're always untitled.
0: It honestly does sound like you could take that footage and just project it onto the sides of buildings in New York and people would be super into it.
1: Oh yeah. Oh no, that's the funny thing is like I could always find my way to I could I could get enthused about any I, you know it was like that phase where you can you could find some weird theory from some you know that that would justify anything you're doing and yeah I did I did a bunch of stupid things like that, that you know. And it was so fun to me cuz it was like oh, who gives a shit like you know that was part of it. Was like, who cares if people understand what I'm doing? I don't mm. give a shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Reese, you wanted to be an actor, mm-hmm. and then you transitioned into what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Alex, what's your story? And so, yes, just for people who who thought they caught something, but then wondered. Um, I know you because you went to film school with my husband, and I've known you for a while now. Um, and I know you. I grew up in Portland, and you have a sister, but I don't know that much about your your backstory really.
2: Uh, I I was a uh... Um, you know, one of those kids in the '80s that was sort of obsessed with film and and uh, you know decided to go into film school out of high school uh, to just be in the film business. And uh, did, I think did it's, you not
0: know yet what what part of the film business you wanted to do.
2: No idea. I mean, I I, I think. At that age, you just have this enthusiasm. I mean, maybe it's different now because people are so much more sort of you know savvy now. But back yeah. then, it was just like oh, I just want to be in the movie business.
1: was mm-hmm. so funny. I had the same thing. It was like people. I, you hear people, people directors like, oh, I didn't even have a camera. You made all these films. It was like I didn't really. I didn't have access to a camera, but I but I knew I wanted to work in the film business, and it was just like I don't care what it is, like you know.
2: Yeah. Just that. I yeah. I just I just wanted to be in it somehow, and so you know went to film school, and it's funny because you know I went to USC. And uh, at USC, it's a four-year film program, but the first couple of years, you kind of take history classes and theory classes, and you take all your GE classes as Mm -hmm. well. And I just wasn't a big fan of USC. I just, uh, it's It's controversial. I know, i bringing it in here. The, the film school was great, but the film school was like a completely different culture from the rest of the school.
0: All the assholes from my high school went to USC. Oh, yeah. So in fact, it was almost a stumbling block when I first met Daniel. I was like, you went to USC, really?
2: I mean, it's super like...
1: Yeah, I just want to say now that I'm not participating in this Uh, USC bashing.
0: (laughs) I know. As I said that, I realized I'm potentially alienating a ton. I have children. They might want
1: to go there one day.
0: I'm alienating a ton of people. (laughs) And I love you and I love Daniel, obviously, and everyone I've met uh, of of your friends that went there seem great too. And there's a lot of cool people who went there. There's just also like a real privileged asshole contingent (laughs) (laughs) not in the film school no no the
2: the film school was like a totally different school I mean it was like a different magical place where everybody that uh you know I also and I have a feeling that I mean it was very hard to get into the film school it was like applying to Harvard or something and and you got into Harvard or you know I got into USC film and at the time and I don't know how it is now but uh uh the rest of the school was a totally different culture it was just like a lot of kind of volleyball players and like water polo dudes and convertibles and I was coming from Portland and Portland wasn't even cool back then I mean Mm -hmm. Portland's not what it is today and I was just so out of my depth like you know um, I didn't drive like a Jeep CJ7 and and, like you (laughs) know I didn't know how to play beach volleyball and so I spent like about a year at USC and then I was just like I am getting the hell out of here so I went abroad for uh, the next semester and a half and then where'd you go I went on semester at sea, which was amazing, uh, and traveled around the world. And, uh, when I came back, I just went right into the, I sort of threw myself at the film program and I started to just volunteer to work on the grad student films. And I was just, you know, I was a sophomore that was just saying, well, I know I'm not supposed to be taking this class, but I'm just going to sort of audit. And I just kind of threw myself into it. And then it was great. Mm-hmm. Then I, and then I, and I was like, then all my film school friends and, you know, Daniel, you know, I had, I didn't even know him yet. And I met him when we finally started getting to make films. And so then I was, you know, in the film school program earnestly and, and loved it. And, uh, it was there that I, you know, I was also, I was gravitating towards photography and, and towards cinematography. And how come, uh, I guess USC is very like, it's very like Hollywood, Uh, director centric and at the time you know it's very like well steven spielberg that's the steven spielberg soundstage and the george lucas you know soundstage and the bob zemeckis you know like digital center and all that and the focus of the school at least back then was very much like be a hollywood film director and everybody it's so competitive and it was the way that the film program worked was that you know, if you wanted to direct a film that semester, you're sort of your senior project. Not everyone got to direct one. I mean, it was like a competitive pitch process, like a Hollywood pitch process. It's so process. funny.
1: Like, it sounds like you had the exact
2: same, like everyone wanted to act where I
1: went. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that.
2: I, I, I was definitely like, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna get that film. You know, I, I wasn't gonna pitch and get and be the guy that was doing. So I was gravitating towards photography and I got a, a major in photography as well and cinematography. And then I was the guy that was shooting everybody's short film. And so I shot a lot. I shot I got to shoot a lot of films because everybody else was just really, you know, trying to do a, you know, be a director. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I got out of film school, I just kind of kept moving in that direction. I literally, when I was, when I was graduated, I was, I was equally happy to either go and become a, I was going to become a, like an assistant for National Geographic as just a still photography assistant or I was going to, or I was going to try to get a job on a set in the camera
0: department. And I did Mm -hmm. that. And you still do a ton of still photography, right? Um, Only, I think, uh,
2: well, I suppose, I mean, it's funny. There
0: was a billboard of, or a picture of you on the side of a building somewhere around here (laughs) and and a Canon ad.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that. (laughs) You've hit upon one of Reese's favorite topics. Oh, really? Did you see it? Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Reese has a picture of it. Alex is also really into hard drives. (laughs) <laughs> there's, uh, i think there's some
2: magazine covers with him holding a hard drive too uh, <laughs> Reese likes to go around to um some of my sponsor billboards and draw big dicks on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh really i've never done that
0: oh but, but, but doesn't mean you wouldn't want to Oh my God. no
1: i mean if they went so high up <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, what's your hard drive sponsorship
1: you've uh, got to say it now because <laughs> we might get some money you need some hard drives right Alison? sure of course yeah. everyone needs
0: more storage <laughs>
2: I have a couple of companies that are, uh, you know, that sponsor the work that I do with Reese that we equally benefit from. <laughs> yeah.
0: But only you are uh, are in all the promo. I do trails. all the work. I have to go and
2: I I pro- help promote a company called G Tech so that Reese can have hard drives. I'm not the editor. I you know
0: like G Tech. They're the ones that have like the real durable yes case indeed. right. Indeed.
1: Very durable.
2: They're very durable. They're waterproof. <laughs> they're shockproof. You can drop it into a puddle. It, <laughs> you're gonna your your data is gonna be safe. G Tech they have a new. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How frequently do people drop their hard drives into puddles? But if you do, you, if you do prepare, you never know.
2: It could happen. Yeah. Uh but seriously, uh I am not a. I don't do any kind of like professional photography. But it's weird because on documentary now. Like a lot of the, uh, a lot of what we did was actually told through photography. And mm-hmm. in fairness, you know, uh, I'm the director of photography, but Reese's. Um, you know, wielding a camera half the time as well. Uh, I do feel like a lot of, as a weapon. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Throwing it into puddles. Reese likes to hide behind the sort of like, I'm the dramatist, but uh, he could equally be shooting these things. Uh, He's very tech savvy. And, and uh, there's always the, our relationship is one in which when we're deciding, well, what are we shooting? And it's a very technical conversation. What lenses are we using and what camera are we shooting with? And he's definitely involved in all that. So, when we're even shooting uh, an episode of, a, of documentary now that is going to be told through still photography, we're both, we've got, we've both got cameras and we're, you know, approaching it like, it, okay, well, this is a still photo shoot now. Mm. Um,
0: and what are some of the other things? I personally know some of them, but what are some of the other things that you do or have done aside from SNL and documentary now?
2: Uh, I, I made a documentary called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Mm-hmm. I was the uh, writer and producer of that. Um, and, uh, you know, along with uh, my wife, Tamson and, and uh, our subject, Chris Bell, um, I've made some other movies.
0: Bigger, Stronger, Faster was about wrestling and steroids, yes?
2: It was about, uh, yeah, performance drugs, uh, the issue of performance drugs. It was following these three brothers who, um, you know, our main guy, Chris Bell, and his two brothers, and they it was really a, a sort of a way to get inside of this at the time it was a, this is a very hot button topic. And we were just looking for a human way to try to explore this. And, and I think thematically explore how the use of performance drugs was a reflection of this kind of American mentality of mm-hmm. you know, be the best at whatever, you know? Uh, and that was a great experience. And I spent a number of years making that film and, and uh, um, I made a another, a, a, a another just regular movie called green street hooligans uh a few years before that which was a sort of you know london-based football thugs soccer thugs you know elijah wood and charlie hunnam
1: you know that classic pairing hooligans (laughs) you know when you think of
2: a (laughs) Uh, that was good that was an amazing experience um and you know so I, i i came up making a lot of independent you know low budget movies um and then kind of got into doing documentaries, and the whole time I was at SNL, and SNL was kind of you know paying my bills. I mean, it's been this incredible day job.
0: And the thing that I'm always uh, astounded by is that you live in LA, but you fly to New York. What's your schedule?
2: I fly to New York on Wednesdays, and then I basically come home on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's Thursday, Friday. It's a and it's funny because people are often like, "Oh, I can't believe it. you commute to New York." But I mean, if you break it down, it's really not. It's I'd say tell myself it's not that crazy. Because you know it's a it's a five hour flight. I sleep the whole time. It's always the same. There's something about this that that makes it work for me. There's it's always the same thing. It's the same exact flight. It's literally the same flight crew. It's a lot of the same passengers. Mm-hmm. There's something super familiar about it. It doesn't uh, phase me as much as if I was just a traveling salesman and I was like every day was a different flight, going to a different city. Right. All of the and I I do a lot of traveling for other things. And all of the drama and the exhaustion of traveling, I was often like, okay, well, where's the where do I go now? And, and, uh, so, and I've been doing that for so long that it's become a bit of a sort of just routine. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's like a red eye on a Wednesday night and then I come back on Saturday.
0: Is that tough with your family here?
2: Yeah, it's getting tougher. Um, I've been doing it, um, forever. I mean, it's, this is my, actually my 17th season. Doesn't L. Wow. Um, but I have since had, you know, I've gotten married and I have two kids and, and uh, I have a daughter who's three now, and uh, it was you know when she was just you know not even old enough to really realize whether I was there or not. Everything was just she was quite happy to just kind of <laughs> be with Damsel. <laughs> <laughs> I would sometimes show up, and you know, uh, but now it's definitely getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Just now she knows. I mean, she know. I'm even you know if I just go away for the day in Los Angeles, she knows. You know where? Why do you have to go to work today? You know what do you say? <laughs> Um, I just uh, try to explain to her. You, you
1: know, just points to objects around the house. Like,
2: yeah. Like, <laughs> How do you think we got this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I try to like keep it real with her. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That'll go a long way. Yeah.
0: And Reese, you are based in New York, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And what are some other projects that you've worked on?
1: Uh, like I said, SNL is mostly my professional life. I I made a movie. Uh a couple of summers ago uh, actually but only came out this past summer with colin jost called staten island summer um and uh uh commercials and um bits and bobs like that but uh yeah this is essentially my life is uh a 72 hour day once a week
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh there are a surprising lot of people named Reese Thomas. Did you know this? You must know this. In Wales, yeah, there's a
1: lot. Is it um, there's, a super a, common there's actually name a there? British comedian called Reese Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been confused for each other a number of times.
0: Well, so I Googled you to when I was doing research ahead of time. And I saw, you know, Reese Thomas came up on IMDb. And I just figured because you spell your name R H Y S, which mm-hmm. to me is not, not that common. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that must be the guy. Except. I met him at Comic-Con years ago and I don't remember him having that face. And it was so confusing for a little while <laughs> until I realized this is not, this is not the Reese Thomas that I'm looking for. Have you ever yeah. met that other Reese Thomas?
1: We, uh, no, we, when I first started directing this show, um, we did a piece in Working Title, I actually saw it and Eric Fellner from Working Title, uh, I guess, invited this other, thought it was this other Rhys Thomas, uh, this British guy, and, and invited him in for a meeting um, on my ha- behalf. Uh, and it wasn't until months later I discovered this had happened. Uh, and we've had a few, I've been approached for things for him. Uh, and he recently tweeted, uh, uh, tweeted me. Uh, <laughs> that's how people communicate on Twitter, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and just said, oh, I've got the funniest story about working title. But um, we've not met in person. And I don't know if I want to because it might be really uncomfortable. We might
2: discover we're the same person. It might right. be like the enemy. <laughs> right, like Parent Trap. You might hate yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I'll say for the uh, record that uh, there is also another Alex Buono. Oh, he's, really? He's a plumber in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he does own, however, com. He will not release it. He's not yeah. doing a damn thing with it. <laughs> He keeps, I have I have communicated with him.
0: He's not even using it for his thriving plumbing business. He tells me, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm a musician. I mean,
2: someday I might. You know. <laughs> but then actually, it, 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 absurdly, we had this conversation. Like, but you know, I mean, it, in fairness, I mean, like, you know, you're Alex Buno, I'm Alex Buno. I mean, I I shouldn't own this. I mean, I, it's a really weird thing. I mean, you know, I'm like, wow. Okay, man. Well, then uh, let's do it. You know?
0: Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. So what's your website then?
2: Alex dash Buono. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which is such a cop out. Uh, uh, what, what should it be? <laughs> Alex B. I'm sure that's taken <laughs> by some girl band. <laughs> there is a Japanese girl band called Buono with an exclamation mark. There's also Alex Bueno, a popular Dominican <laughs> artist as well. That's
1: true. Yeah.
0: Let's take um, some questions that came in over Twitter. When Ask me send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay, Paul says, Staten Island' summer was really good. Was anything cut that you really wanted left in? Hmm, That's a
1: loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for enjoying it. Um What was cut? yes <laughs> can i <just> say that <laughs> uh there i'm trying to think of like it's funny that was such a long process in post that um i'm trying to think it was any like real heartbreak uh i honestly i don't have a good answer to that question there, there was a lot of thing and we shot a lot uh there's a lot more that we shot that did not make it into the film because apparently comedies cannot be two and a half hours long. <laughs> uh but, um, yeah, Penny Marshall had a bigger role in that movie than she ended up, uh, doing. She actually, we had her fleeing an explosion, um, which is kind of amusing to watch. Uh, is there any really
2: funny, like, Forte stuff that's on the floor?
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's a, a lot of, uh, stuff with him as well. Uh, he played a, a, uh, a, a, a disabled war veteran, um, that was there to give romantic advice to, uh, our hero. He was really funny, um. Yeah, Mike, Brian, Mike O'Brien also, there's a, oh yeah, there's actually, there's a, okay, here we go. Uh, there's a, for those of you who've watched that on summer, i seen there's a lot of you. Uh, there's a, a a sequence in the movie where where Mike O'Brien's character, Chuck, uh, he sabotages the pool. And uh, you sort of never learn how he sabotaged it in the film because we didn't have time to tell that story. But we did shoot it. Um, and essentially, he... Uh, Spends all night peeing in the pool. He turns off the pumps and spends all night just drinking soda and peeing in the pools. So there's this long sequence of him just peeing in the pool and just empty bottles piling up. He checks the chlorine level, still not in a good place. So he goes next door to a baseball field and recruits a team of grounds people. Um, the, the, there's a whole bunch of uh, extras, basically, pools. And there's this big, long lineup of people peeing in a pool. And <laughs> You shot all that? Yeah, we shot it, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Real peeing? Uh, no, it was an elaborate. <laughs> it was an elaborate rig. Yeah.
0: Okay, Shannon says, "How did they get Helen Mirren to do the mock intros? I've never seen her do anything comedic before."
1: That uh, it was through Seth. I think it was through Seth. Yeah, uh, that she, she. I think she was on his show, and you know, it was mentioned to her, and she, you know, she's also a big fan. I think of of Fred and Bill. Um, it was funny when we were shooting the her intros. Remember there was a, there was a one moment where there was a big photo of. Um, both of them up uh, on one of those projection things and she in between takes she kept going up and going oh I love you Fred I love you (laughs) yeah so she's a big fan I think and uh, so
2: yeah I think we scored because of all those guys but it also become uh, you know I I don't know what the I mean if they're friends or just acquaintances but had become friendly with Seth Mm -hmm. Uh, through I believe Coming to a show, and then I think they went to an event at the Natural History Museum or something together. And some of had... the famous people do. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of it was through Seth's relationships and mm. through yeah. her admiration for Portland and Fred.
0: What are Bill and Fred like to work with? Like, how do they differ?
2: Mm. Differences. They're both great. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You know, uh, you I don't know. I get you probably get asked the same thing. I mean, uh, working with comedians, there is often a sort of knee jerk assumption that. Right. they're comedians but I mean they're real jerks in real life right I mean they're just <laughs> miserable depressed people and then you mean then you know the cameras turn on and then they're super funny but in real life they're horrible right and you well no they're great actually they're mm-hmm. hilarious and they're really fun to be around and they crack each other up and they've also they've known each other for so long and those three I mean bill Fred and Seth have such a long uh relationship and they just crack each other up and so a lot of what you're enjoying or what i'm enjoying and what you're watching is just those three guys just trying to crack each other up and then Mm -hmm. bill and fred like on camera trying to make each other laugh yeah they've
1: they've definitely got different sense of humor you know like fred's got such a fred's got such a unique uh, sense of humor and and a unique um identity almost that you know it's really hard to put your finger on it but you know, he he hates conflict, every, you know, like he's just like, he really just live, love you know, it's absurd comedy and innocent characters. Like that Al Capone episode was all from Fred's mind and he never, he didn't, he wanted them all to win at the end. Like that was a perfect. Yeah,
0: there really is an innocence about him.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and then Bill is just, you know, Bill is sort of one of the smartest people, I know, and like, and most well-read, uh, well, like he's he's just a person who will always make you feel. Bad about yourself because you've not read or watched anywhere near how much he has, and he's also incredibly busy. So he's just constantly like, "How the hell do you? When did you read that? When did you see? You know?" And it's like constantly pulling references and insane details within those references as well. Like you know, I'll so. mention
2: like an obscure film, and then you feel really proud because you saw it, and they're like, "Right, but did you watch the third feature on the Blu-ray of that?" And yeah. Like, and you'll remember what? the name of the guy, you know, yeah. like, oh, the, you know, whoever the production manager on that was, so-and-so, and he's and just like, oh. He's God. really uh, an extreme cinephile. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and was a PA and worked in the, went to film school and and was coming up as a production person and then, and was, you know, doing stand-up and things and got discovered, but has amazing stories to tell uh, about life behind the scenes on movies that he worked on. So he's a real... Um, He's got a real filmmaker's heart. Yeah, but at the same time, also a crazy sense. Like, I
1: yeah. mean, because we just spent a week. Uh, we, we just had a writer's retreat for season two, mm. um, so we, which is essentially us all just sitting around in a room pitching ideas. And, uh, you know, just the amount of times that there'll just be one thing that, you know, a, a character or something that both... Fred and Bill can just fire off, you know, like the one phrase, sometimes they'll just start this whole run and, you know, for the next hour, there's just, uh, just whole, you know, scenes sort of coming out or, you know, funny de- observations and details. And it's just so rapid fire with them that. Well, it was like, too- a, it was a
2: week of sitting at a table with Bill and Fred and Seth and John Mullaney and then Eric uh, Kenward, who's one of the producers of the show and, um, and Caroline Williams. And I mean, it was just these really incredibly smart sharp funny people that are just rapid and you cannot keep up mm-hmm. you're trying to think of something funny i think even, Tom is so funny Tom yeah. malaney is one of the funniest people on the planet yeah and uh you know i think you assume i don't know i assume that when you're finally watching somebody do stand-up it's like and i know that it's very practiced and it's very well, he's tried this out and he's figured out the exact wording and the exact timing but the dude's just sitting at a table and you just hit him with an idea he's never thought of before, and he just kind of closes his eyes for like half a second and then he just says, What about this? And it's this perfect delivery, mm-hmm. this perfect yeah. joke, and you're like, Yeah. Man, that's that's perfect, John. But yeah. It's pretty amazing. I will offer it. I will not try to compete with
0: that. <laughs> where was the writer's retreat?
2: Oh, in, in
1: Beverly Hills, of course. Oh. Where, yeah, we're a low budget show that <laughs> operates out of expensive offices. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And then we read them and we say whether we also whether we relate. okay, um, okay Joe says, the longer my hair is, the less I want to do housework. I don't have that and I don't even know if I understand that for sure.
1: No, that's a bad question. That's a bad bad, bad <laughs> me or any, or any. Yeah, let's dismiss okay. that one. N- all right.
0: Well, we've never dismissed one before. <laughs> James Leroy Wilson says, I see something I might bump into or trip over and avoid it and then bump into or trip over something else three seconds later. I've definitely done that.
2: Let's talk about James Leroy Wilson. That's a serial killer, right? <laughs>
0: <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. He's actually a devoted listener who sends in just me every all the time. He could be a serial killer. He's a great a USC
1: student, unfortunately. <laughs> right, let's go back to the
2: question. <laughs> uh, yes, I would say I've I definitely have yeah, done that. I wasn't listening. I was really obsessed with... With his name? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it was, he's, I see something I might bump into or trip over and avoid it, and then bump into or trip over something else three seconds later.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: Okay. But then I'll also ponder what would have happened if I tripped over the... You know, you have that really macabre sort of... Like, pick the image of your head exploding on the curb or something. You know, like, that's I'll go that layer, layer Whenever I
0: <laughs> trip on the sidewalk, which is surprisingly frequently, I think I don't pick my feet up enough when I walk and the sidewalk can be uneven here. I always think I have two images that go through my head, biting off my tongue or knocking all my teeth out. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. every always. Yep. That's just me or everyone. What
2: about when you're on the top of a, of a rooftop of a building or there's a big open window like at the uh-huh. rock and you're thinking... I could totally jump out right now. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah definitely. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that's the most terrifying thought. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I always think something in my body would prevent me from actually doing it if I got right up to, to the edge. But the, I like think, think that too. So.
1: But then I also think how like how quickly it could happen. You know, yeah. like sometimes it's literally like, well, I need to just lean this way. And there you go. That always freaks
0: me yeah. out. Natasha Jacobson says, Oh, I always look forward to just mirror everyone, but get a little sad because I know it's the end of the episode. I'm going to say that's everyone. Definitely. Megan says, wondering why infomercial ads insist on being corny and laughable while the products themselves are actually pretty awesome. Okay. This was enlightening to me because I thought, really? Are they actually awesome, these products? Because I just assume they are like their ads.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cheating. clearly the people who are making the like someone from that company that makes that product commissioned the commercial so if the commercial shitty then it probably speaks to the product
0: but she's saying there. i think we're gonna need megan you're gonna need to write in and let us know what products are actually good um ashley kirk says i still haven't seen two girls one cup and i am so okay with that yes i haven't either and i don't need to see it and don't send it to me please what is that really two girls one cup it was a famous viral video that involves women eating shit out of a cup
1: let's watch it <laughs> so we gonna take a two minute break
0: <laughs> <laughs> um it's the kind of thing that like apparently once you s- did, have you seen it Reese?
1: i've seen it yes you have? I, well, I, yeah and then there were videos of there was like videos of kermit the frog watching it there was a lot of, there was then like response videos just like dip, just people videoing them, other people watching it
2: are you saying two girls in one cup yes yes two
0: oh, girls two girls in one cup no no one cup that's a different video <laughs> but do you yeah but you still don't know it right i still don't know it yeah it's a cup I didn't think you said it's
2: a cup it's
1: pretty uh, yeah it's, so what are they, are they it's also there's actually a, it's a lyric in a, in the rap battle in Staten Island Summer that's why I know it really oh. well Method Man wrote that one
0: is it re- it's not real is it or is it real
1: I like to think it's not real but okay. it probably is
0: Sasha McGillicuddy says uh, oh speaking of I'm not sure what purpose it serves but I always have to look in the toilet before I flush yeah I think I take a peek
1: yeah, I mean, it, I feel like you have to be in a real hurry not to do Like, I just, it's, you going to be curious, right? Yeah. I
2: think that's a, I think that's a, a well vocalized observation. Yeah. That people probably don't know why. I mean, it's, it don't is a, good, talk it's about a good thing to, I mean, to yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, make sure that, you know, you're not bleeding. Right. Know. Right. Everything's working down there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nicole Donaldson says, every time I break my pencil lead, I always say, ow, because it sounds like it hurts. I don't say out, but I'll agree. I'll agree that that's like a that sounds like a bone crack. I don't know if
1: I need. I don't use pencils enough. Anymore. I know I haven't used the pencil that's in so like long. A, yeah. Okay. I don't make mistakes.
2: It's not just uniform. <laughs> I just everything is is just penned in. Just I mean. put it in. What's a pencil for?
0: Hansy Coppafield says one of the s- life's simplest, most satisfying pleasures: folding perforated paper and crisply pulling it apart with perfection. I don't know if I'd say it's one of the most satisfying pleasures, but I enjoy when it happens, mm-hmm. but it, it happens so rarely for me. Yeah, it
2: checks, I guess. Right. That's uh, that's. It is satisfying, yeah. I don't know if I'll go as far as it's, like... The most, but... but Perhaps it is to her, so let's not judge it. Okay.
0: And, finally, (laughs) Gypsy Bagelhand says, I can't seem to match Sonicare's reminder pulse to the quadrants of my mouth. I always have to turn it back on to finish. Yes, Yes, girlfriend. yes, 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 yes. Wait, what? Do you have a Sonicare toothbrush? Oh, Yeah. You know how it like beeps for each quadrant yes. of your mouth, yes, and then it shuts off.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. she, I and I you also go past always the, have you're to. You saying you go past the shut off time? Is that what you are saying? Yeah,
0: you need to turn it back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or mine has like six different settings that you don't really need, but I find that I'm always somehow scrolling through because yeah, I got of one that had like,
1: like an external unit, like a, L, You know, it's like a little LCD display that I never once figured out. What it was supposed <laughs> right. to do. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I, I think we're all with you on that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's everyone. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for being on my show. No, thank this you. This was delightful. Listeners, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you so much for all your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of my website, alisonrosen.com. Also, we have t shirts available. Go to alisonrosen.com. Click on the picture of a t shirt on the right side of the page. It'll take you to the site where you can buy a t-shirt and we have ringtones available hey 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 go fuck yourself you need that touch the tushy, touch touch the that's daniel singing touch, it's a long story tushy, touch, touch, <laughs> <the> tushy, <laughs> tushy, tushy, um and you can get those touch, uh in tushy, tushy, search tushy, hey go fuck yourself touch, or touch the tushy, 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 or tushy, 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 tushy on your iphone uh in the itunes store or you can get those if you're not an itunes person on gumroad.com g-u-m-r-o-a-d.com slash Allison rosen gumroad.com slash Allison rosen you should also get some other things there and we have bonus episodes available in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. If you like the show, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen or email us ARIYMBF at show, excuse me. I'm hawking too much all in a short amount of time. I'm why you didn't record this. I really should. Every <laughs> time I do it, I think... I've, yeah. A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. No, instead I just do it every single time and oh, yeah. I stumble over I was, parts I of was really impressed. Every time. Was, Thank you. She she just didn't have recorded. a script in front of <laughs> Jeff, where should we go for you?
2: <laughs> you know, Alex didn't seem too surprised when you said that was Daniel singing. <laughs> it's like he's heard it's it It's like before. you've seen this at Routine before. I've, I've list- I, I will say that... Uh, I am really impressed and amazed at the degree to which you have gotten Daniel's what seems like very enthusiastic uh, participation, which, which I would not have placed.
0: Yeah, when I first met him uh he was like i'm a very private person i don't think i'd ever be comfortable coming on a podcast right exactly <laughs> look at him now
2: i know yeah. i know he's sticky stickerson now <laughs> <laughs> uh well you can find me on the internet at alexbuono.com i'm catfishing alex to get him to <laughs> buy you. It for me for 2500 dollars. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get there soon
0: um reese uh plug anything you want to plug and tell us where we can find you uh,
1: what can i plug um Sicario, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't have anything to plug. Uh yeah, you can get our show, you can get a documentary now on iTunes and Amazon, I believe.
2: Yeah, it'll be on um Netflix in February. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. iTunes right now, Amazon right now. It's on IFC right now. As well, IFC on demand. Uh Saturday Night Live. Uh we need your support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday nights at eleven thirty. Um yeah.
0: Perfect. And Alex?
2: Um those things. Yeah, second season of documentary now is about to start, you know, developing. So it'll be... We shouldn't talk about that. It's just, it's a, so far away. <laughs> yeah. When but it will it be on, it on screen? From next August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, like some people need to set their DVRs and... <laughs> yeah, we'll start some, some people
0: plan in advance, you know. Yeah. yeah. They don't
2: all have our flashy Hollywood lifestyle. Oh, yeah. they gotta, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They need something to look forward to. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we'll
2: drop teaser trailers like Star Wars. (laughs) Well,
0: thank you guys again for doing this show. This is super fun. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.
2: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen. You best friend!